Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to Freedom Church. Do me a favor. Would you all that's here in the auditorium welcome everybody that's watching online. Give them some love right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to each of you that's online. Hope and pray that you'll engage there, whatever platform that you're watching, and uh, let us know that you are there, and we love you, and God bless you. And so today we're continuing the Authority Series, and I hope you have enjoyed that. If you uh, missed a week or you're here and you're brand new, thank you for being here. Uh, you can download our app and just simply go to the App Store and uh, type in Freedom Church Galaxy and download the app. There's a lot of other cool stuff there that you can be a part of, past messages and things like that. But also the teaching notes is on there as well. If you go to the home page of the app on the bottom right hand uh, corner, it says Sundays. You can get the teaching notes for today. But I want to say thank you for coming. I have thoroughly enjoyed this series because what we have been talking about is God's authority. And so when you think about God's authority, and I've been sharing with you, uh, we have to get under God's authority. Because if you don't live your life under God's authority, and you live out here apart from that as an individual, as a married couple, or as a family, you are going to get pelted by problems you can't deal with, or you're going to get drenched in dysfunction because you're living outside of the authority of Almighty God. As everybody understands this illustration, say yes. So with that being said, today we want to be able to be sure as God's people that we get under that what God has put over us so we can get over what God has put under us. Do you follow me? All right. So today I'm going to continue on and God gave me this, you know, and he's just been, he's been really speaking to my heart lately about different things. But when it comes to God's authority, it is the authority of God's word. And if you were here last week, I talked about, we have to get under the authority of God's word. So we're going to talk about today, talking about the spoken word. And so with that being said, I want to start off with a story. Uh, some of you may remember this happening, and if you're, if you're not, I'll uh, share it with you again in your hearing. But uh, a couple of years ago, Shannon and I decided on a Sunday after church that we were going to drive over to Lebanon. And we were going to go over there and eat and just do something different we haven't done in a long time. And, you know, when you're empty nesters, you just look for creative things to do. And, you know, there's other things besides the thing that just went to your mind. We're doing other things, okay? So we drove over there to eat. And um, see, anyway, something we realized that we did not have a phone charger. And our phones, matter of fact, I think mine died and hers died. And so we didn't have a charging cord and we thought, you know what, we're going to be over here for a few hours and we didn't tell the kids where we were going after church. So we thought they might get worried about us, rightly so, you know. And so it's kind of like when you become an empty nester, your kids become your parents. You, can, you understand what I'm saying? They kind of keep up with everything that we're doing. What are you doing, mom? Dad? Ooh, you know, it's just kind of like it flip flops or something, you know. But anyway, um, so I, I asked Shanda, I said, hon, I said, if you don't mind let me drop you off here at Wally World and go in there. And I said, Shanda, I said, please, I said, please just go straight to the electronic section and get a charging cord. Don't pass go. Do not collect $200. I mean, 
you know, because she has a way about her that if something catches her eye, can I get a witness, ladies? Say amen, ladies. You know, it's just not us guys. We go in, we get what we want, we turn around, we go back. Can you say amen, men? But with the ladies, it's just galloping around the world, you know. You know, they just get around the world. They just see something, you know, whatever. And so Shanda wanted to be pleasing to me. She's told me this many times. She thought, I got to get in there and get out. Here's the issue. When she went in there, she had these type of heels on, semi heels that didn't have a real big bottom. And Walmart's floor was like the bowling lane. It was slick finished. And when she got in there, you know, I will tell you in a minute, but here's the problem with it. I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and I, and she wasn't coming out. And I, and I began to think something was wrong. Next thing I know, I'm sitting here trying to watch the door. I'm over parking this lane where the Walmart guy made me move. It's true. I can't make this stuff up. He made me move, so I go over there and park in the handicap just so I could see if she's coming out. And if anybody come up, I'd have moved. But anyway, and so finally... I see this Walmart lady pushing this person in a wheelchair. And next thing I know, I see this pretty lady. It looks just like my wife wave at me. And it was her. She had went into Walmart and the floors were so slick. She not only fell once, she fell twice. And the second time she fell, she couldn't even hardly get up. I mean, she was just trying to gain, and she had hurt herself, hurt her hip really, really bad. And she said there was this older couple looking at her like, you know how older people do they think, that should be us. You know, it's like, what are you doing down there, you know? So anyway, long story short, she got hurt really bad. And I don't know what you know. You can break a bone, it heals quick. You get soft tissue damage, it's forever. So anyway... She believes in the power of prayer, and she had hurt and stuff and, and everything. And so uh, we had talked to Patrick Strickland here. Patrick, no doubt in my mind, has the gift of healing. And, and so we went over there, and we commenced to praying and praying over her. And he asked her to put her hand on where it hurt. So she did, and she said, I spread my fingers out really, really wide because it really hurt everywhere, you know. So anyway, we commenced to praying over her, and, and, and Patrick told her, said, you, you just really got to believe. And she, you know, she knows that. You know, you really got to believe. But he was reiterating. And so in the, in the middle of that prayer, and she'll tell you, she just all of a sudden felt that sense of healing go through her body. And it was gone. Healed by the power of Almighty God. Now, me, it's a different story, and why I do not know. Those of you that do not know me close enough to know, I've got very bad back issues right now. It's, I've got severe arthritis from T3 to T8, and I hurt severely. And it wasn't long after that, it was really getting worse, that Patrick prayed over me. I believed with all my heart, mind, body, and soul, and I believe, I'm believing even to this day I'm healed, but the pain is still immense. But it brings me to question. Why did God choose to heal Shanda and he didn't choose to completely heal me pain-free? And I asked that question. How many of you have ever felt like that you had the faith for healing, but it never happened? Would you raise your hand? 
You had the faith for it. Whether it was some kind of physical thing that was happening with your body, infirmity, or whether it was something to do with your relationship that you're in, something to do with your family or something to do with your marriage, or maybe it's something to do professionally in your job or your career. You stood on the authority of God's word. You were living under the authority of God's word. Maybe you recited God's word in your physical infirmities and you recited and, and you quoted Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3 that says, by his stripes we are healed, which we know that's really talking about sin, but you were looking for the healing. Or maybe you thought about Jesus' own words when he quoted in Matthew 7 when Jesus said, if you will ask, you shall receive. And you're thinking, I'm asking and I want to receive God. I've witnessed over two decades of ministry of good, solid, faith-filled Christian people who believed wholeheartedly on the Word of God, which gives, listen to me closely, and stay in tune today. I will not be mincing words. You have to stay on track with this because God put this on my heart. But they believed in the general knowledge of the Word of God. And what it says. And the word of God, though, God uses his word to impart faith, though, at other times about specific situations and circumstances about someone's heart and life. And it is the latter type that I'm talking about today of faith that brings miracles. Today, when I look at this and I talk about this, when you look at the Word of God in the Greek, predominantly the, the New Testament is written in Greek. There are two particular Greek words for the Word of God. There is logos and there is rhema. So when you think about those words, logos is the general Word of God that you can receive general knowledge about God and about the promises of God. But then when you read the Word of God, you can receive a special Word of God about God that can change your circumstances through the knowledge of God. You can receive that. See, we're all given a measure of faith to be able to, to, be able to build our faith and to be able to come to faith and knowledge of Christ. By reading God's Word, though, a lot of times people think that they can just name that thing and claim that thing, and that thing's going to come to fruition, and it's going to come to pass. Well, there's a difference between a specific word and a general word. Are you with me? If you understand what I'm saying, say yes. Now, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 is a great example of this to where the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome and he said this. It's a familiar verse for many people that if you are a long-term mature Christian, hopefully you understand. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, when you look at the Word of God and you look at the Word here, Word simply means here it is the Word coming from Rhema. Now, what I'm saying with that is faith specifically comes by hearing Rhema. Now, here's the difference. Lagos is the said Word of God. It is the written Word of God. It is the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. That is Lagos. It's, but when it comes to rhema, rhema is the saying word of God. It, it is, rhema happens when the Holy Spirit uses a particular scripture, which is logos, to an individual in a specific situation in order to help them in a specific kind of way. 
Basically, rhema could be given a definition in this. Rhema is a specific word to a specific person, to a specific situation that that person is going through in their particular life. An example of this in the Word of God is Peter himself. Peter being the leader of the pack of the disciples of Jesus. There was a particular time when Jesus left the disciples and basically he sent them into a storm unbeknowing. They didn't know they were going into a storm. Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray and they go out on the Sea of Galilee, which I have been on the Sea of Galilee multiple times and a storm can blow up and waves will be really, really high and it can be really, really scary, especially back then when you're in a small wooden boat. So with that being said, here they are, they didn't know what was going to happen, but they were going into a storm. Now, Jesus didn't get there probably when they thought he should get there. But here's what I will tell you about God and God's son as he has different situations in scripture that we read. God's son is on time every time. God is on time every time. How many of you have been in a storm before of life? And you were wondering, where are you, God? Raise your hand. I think we've all been in a storm like that. And you're screaming in your circumstances, God, where are you? I have served you faithfully. I have been your child. I have been your son. I have been your daughter for a long time. Where are you, God? But God comes always on time, every time. Now, when we look at this particular story about the disciples and Peter out in the storm, it's in Matthew's gospel, the particular one I'm talking about in chapter 14. In verse 26, it tells us that the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water and they thought it was a ghost. They were freaking out because they thought a ghost was on the water. They were terrified when they saw Jesus walking on the water. Now, why was that? Because Jesus was walking on the very water that was terrifying them to death. Showing that he had power and he had dominion over the water. So, verse 27 tells us that Jesus spoke to them and told them not to be afraid, to have courage that he was here. Jesus showed up. He speaks to the storm. And you know what? When you think about a storm in life, if you live a life that's a stormless life, you could end up having a godless life. You say, well, I don't understand. What do you mean, Pastor? We mean a, a, a godless life. You, don't, you won't think that you need him when you need him the most because you think that when everything is going so good that it's because of you doing that. So you have to consider, consider it as a Christian. You consider it a norm when you're going through a storm. Why is that? Because Jesus loves you too much and he loves me too much that for us to go through life in a stormless life because when it depends on you, you can end up being tempted away and end up living a godless life. Life. Why didn't they recognize that it was Jesus? Because they weren't looking for Jesus. If the disciples had been waiting in faith, they would have known him instantly. You have to decide if you will have fear or you're going to have faith in all the storms in life that we have because. Fear will always blind you and me from the presence of God. That's what fear does. 
Look at our nation right now. They are scared to death that we are going to die as a species from COVID. Yes, there is dangers in that. Know your situation. Know what you need to do to protect yourself. Honor that, okay? But once again, God didn't give us that spirit of fear, but a power of sound mind, okay? So with that being said, and you think about the storms in life, we all face the storms. And it goes to say here in the scripture for your reading, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And what did Jesus respond? He said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus. See, Peter never walked on water because of Lagos, the general knowledge of God. That's not why he did this. Peter asked Jesus for a specific word to Peter. And it says, once again, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And what did Jesus say? Yes, come. Come, the word coming to him was a rhema word. The, the word that Jesus gave him was not Lagos, but it was rhema. And Jesus gave Peter a specific word for that him being specific as Peter for a specific moment in time and situation and circumstance, which happened to be a storm. See, we always have an opportunity to follow Jesus closer in a storm, to act upon what we believe in the first place. That's what storms do. Storms gives us an opportunity to see God move in our particular storm. Rima, what it does, the saying word of God, brings faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by rhema, the saying word of God, that specific word of God. Peter didn't walk on the water because of the knowledge of God. Alone, he had rhema. So it says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sing, save me, Lord. He shouted. Before you criticize Peter, Understand he was the only one that got out of the boat in a storm and walked on water. Peter didn't refuse to ask Jesus for help in the strong wind and waves. And I think a lot of times, how many times have you been guilty of not coming and asking help in the moment of need of the Lord? I think all of us have been in that situation. And sometimes storms are a reminder that you can't make it in the storm by yourself. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to holler out right now, Lord, save me. Verse 31 says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? He's basically saying, Peter, I've got you. Don't worry. That's what I'm here for, Peter. When you look at this word doubt and what the word doubt means in this particular verse, it means standing in uncertainty in two different ways is what it means. Peter cried out when he began to sink, not when Peter was drowning. And so many times we wait too long. Don't wait too late to ask Jesus for help because Jesus always wants to help in our particular situations. Don't let your life be drowning completely in circumstances before you reach out for, to Jesus for help. Storms in life are never going to be easy on any of us, but it is necessary to be able to teach all of us to trust Christ alone and his word, no matter what we're facing in our lives. Just think about Peter and Jesus. They walked back together safely on the water to get in the boat. Could you imagine the other 11 guys' eyes? Wow. Wow. Maybe your storm is happening to you 
in your life right now so that you'll ask God these questions that I always ask myself. What are you trying to teach me, God? I challenge you to always ask God in your storms, what are you trying to teach me, God? Because if you're not looking to be taught, you'll only live on what you already know. It's preparation for your future that you can't even imagine that God has for you. It would blow your ever-loving mind if you could just see a glimpse, a small glimpse of that future. Some of you need a rhema word right now in your life. There are two particular types of rhema that I've experienced. I've experienced that spoken word of God that brought direction. And I've experienced that spoken word of God that brought correction. I remember in the year 1998 to the year 2000, I was a youth pastor at the home church for which I grew up in. And during that time, God was touching my heart about starting a church. He kept speaking to my soul about that. But then through that latter part of the tenure of this church, my home church, a church you know, was seeking out after me. We had went to the summer worldwide thing where you go to the denomination and talk about missions locally, globally, and all that kind of stuff. And we seen a guy talking about church planting and we tried our best, Shannon and I did, to talk to him. But every time he wasn't on stage, somebody was always talking to him. So we never really had the opportunity. So this church in Kentucky was asking me about coming there and we went there and, and went as an interim pastor, left the youth pastorate, went as an interim pastor of the church. And we went there in August of 2000 and by December they wanted to make me their full-time you know uh, a pastor but it was really you know it was just bivocational you know I already had a full-time job so they won't do that so the very week that I accepted that there because I didn't hear anything I thought God have I missed this or something and um, the very week that it was a very small church less than 100 they um, they vote they voted on me as a pastor and I accepted it the same week that I did, this Jeff Toms calls me. He was a church planning coordinator, and he called me and says, Hey, uh, Terrell, somehow I got your name. And he said, We understand you're interested in starting a church. I never told him anything about starting a church. I never told anybody at that meeting I was interested in starting a church. But I said, I will meet with you with the same guy we wanted to talk to at the place. Could never talk to him. So we met with him in Old Charlie's and Rivergate. We talked for about four hours. And I just told him, I said, we're at a great, wonderful church. They're loving me and my family. And I said, if it's of God, we'll do it. If it's not, we won't. That's just the way it is. When I went home, all I thought about and what I had visions for was this church. I could see it clearly, I could see people, I could see how it was gonna be set up, I could see what it was doing. I would get up in the middle of the night, I would write down notes and visions and dreams and all those kind of things and different things that God was speaking to me in my spirit. And basically, when it came to that next February of 2001, I had to go back to him and tell him, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got to go and do what God has told me to do. 
And I called him and said, yes, I'm your guy. I, I feel led to be able to start this church. And to this day, Jeff Thomas has no idea who told him my name. You know why? Because God had a plan for your lives and for mine. God had a plan for the people of this church and for a community of people that wasn't reached to see miracles done in your lives. So God brought about a rhema word of correction to get me in the right direction. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're listening closely to God, he'll do that in your business. He'll do that in your career. He'll do that in your marriage. He'll do that in your situation with your health. Sometimes God has to get your attention to break you and to get you into the right direction. Now, I've saw all kinds of other guys since then start churches, and they failed miserably. We didn't start Freedom Church because I had a general knowledge of God's Word that I could do that. We started church because it was a rhema spoken word of God, and God clearly spoke to my heart. And look at the miracles that He has done ever since in this church. That's what's amazing. Again, Lagos, Lagos is the general knowledge of God and, and His faith. You may start some kind of ministry, okay? You may say, I'm going to preach the Word of God, or I'm going to start some kind of ministry. And I want you to understand, you can do that, even though it's for Jesus and you're doing it for right reasons. If it's just a general knowledge of God and you loving God, if it's not a spoken word of God, God has no responsibility to help you in that which you're doing, even though it's a good thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Through Lagos, the Word of God, you can know God, gain the knowledge of God, but Lagos doesn't equate to the rhema word of God. Rhema, though, is produced from the Lagos Word of God. You can listen to the Word of God. You can study the Word of God. You can believe it is God's Word, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit of God that will spur on a particular word and a scripture from the Lord that burns in your soul, letting it be applied to your specific situation. That's when Lagos, the written Word of God, becomes a spoken Word of God to your soul. Now, here's something I want to tell you, and, and we're going to go a little deeper here. I want you to understand that God gives everybody the written Word of God if they want it. But God doesn't give everybody the spoken Word of God to everybody. And you're saying, really? No, rhema is a, is a spoken specific Word that God impenetrates upon your heart. And it's only given to people, listen, who are waiting upon the Lord until the Holy Spirit spurs you with a written Word where the written Word becomes the specific Word. For your specific life, for your specific circumstances, for your specific time in life that you're struggling and hurting and in a storm or whatever's taking place. And here's the problem with the American church today. The American church is way too busy. We want to come to church. We want to be entertained. We want to hear a short sermon. Then we want to beat the Methodist to the steakhouse. It's the truth. It's the truth. Whenever I am preaching the Word of God and I give an invitation, you would not believe the people that get up and walk out. You say, well, well I had something I had to do. I'm sure there are situations that you do. But people in the church today, they come and get a general knowledge of God and they never in turn comes to a specific Word of God for their specific situation in a specific time and circumstances that they're hurting the most about. Are you following me, church? That's just the way that it is. 
They get the logos, they get the Bible knowledge, but they miss the reign of the civic word and they miss out on God moving through his power in their life. The bottom line to it is, is that Bible knowledge increases logos, but their problems increase because they never got a specific word for the Lord to be able to help them in their situation. So if you're only getting logos and you're not getting a specific word to help you where your problems are rising, then you go out and you get pounded and pelted by all problems. You get drenched by dysfunction. You lose your faith and you fall away. And next thing you know, where are they at? They used to sit right over here. Or they used to sit right back there. Seen thousands come through this church. Thousands come through this church. We're just too busy to get the spoken word for their life, for their particular time, their specific, specific situation to be able to help them in their specific life. Many pastors have way too much on their plate. And I'm going to go a different direction here too. They have too much on their plate. They're doing too much stuff in the church. And they get burned out and they can't even get a rhema specific certain word of God from the Lord that the flock needs. You say, what do you mean? <laughs> they don't get a specific word because they're too busy doing everything else. They're getting too much put on them by the flock. I am so thankful. So thankful for the elders and the pastors and the staff that we have in this church, they are awesome. And I think you ought to give my hand clap of praise. They are awesome. Uh, this is the best people I've ever worked with in my life. They are awesome. I got a threefold R and R. You know what? I mean, how many, anybody know what R and R means? Raise your hand. If you're in business, you know. It's roles and responsibilities is to cast vision for the church as I hear from God to be able to preach the Word of God, the rhema Word of God, and to be able to engage the senior leadership team. That is my threefold job responsibility. That's what I'm to do. Each summer I take a month or so off, sometimes two months, to get away so I can hear God. What's going on the next year? What does this flock need to hear? Because you have all kinds of stuff going on, and I do too, and we need to hear from God. Do you agree? Do you want to hear the general knowledge of God? Or do you want to hear the spoken word of God that's speaking to you specifically? Question. Ladder? The ladder? Raise your hand. That's what you want to hear? Here, I was, in, I was in Florida, and I go to the same place every year. At 3 o'clock in the morning, God spoke to me the word authority. The word authority. What have we been doing the fifth week? Authority. You got to be able to hear from God. And that's what's so important. And I want to hear from him because... You're not coming to Freedom Church just to hear the knowledge of God, which is Lagos, but you, I hope and pray that you're coming to find real solutions to the problems that you face in everyday life. I always want to seek God for a specific message, for a specific people, for a specific time, and a specific situation so that you have help when you leave here to go out here because when the devil comes at you tomorrow that you're going to be ready. I hope and pray that you get that specific word so that when you wake up in the morning and you're facing a particular situation, the devil goes, oh no, they're awake. I want you to have that kind of power. That's what he wants to give to you in your particular life. You know how I know that, that I've been blessed with our wonderful church, that God has given me those rhema word of God, the, the specific word that we can share in our church together. 
in order to be able to know that it's anointed by the Holy Spirit. You know how they know that's happening? Because I have people come up to me and say, Pastor, have you been reading my journal? I hear couples arguing in their marriage. I've heard this before. And I always ask, have you told Pastor T about us? That's happened. Or I've had people say, Pastor, what you just preached about is exactly what we're going through right now. How did you know? I didn't know. He knew. And he knew to come through me. That's how that works. I don't go and put some kind of listening device in your homes to kind of scheme on you. I don't have that kind of time. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Our church should always be a place where you come and you get solutions from the Lord. And through that, you receive miracles from God. If you haven't received a miracle lately, listen to me. If you have not received a miracle lately, then you need to question whether you have slowed down enough to be able to get that specific word from the Lord because information, general knowledge without transformation is an abomination in the Lord's eyes. So some of you are thinking, how do I get this rhema? How do I receive this specific word? How do I receive that specific word to be able to know what spouse I need to marry? How do I, how do, I do that? Or how do I know how to get that specific word from God because I'm thinking about changing careers and it's going to affect my family. It's going to affect our income or whatever. You might be thinking, you know, I'm about to graduate high school. How do I know what specific college to go to? Well, I got a word for you there. It's called the University of Tennessee up at Knoxville. That We'll settle that in real quick. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Some of you think, yeah, I'll go to the walls. The word pastor said that. No. <laughs> you know, how? How in the world do you know where to live at? Maybe you're wanting to move to a specific place or do a specific thing, start a specific time. How can you receive the will of God, the spoken word in your life? You've got to hit neutral, people. Just need to hit neutral. Just got, just got to slow down and hit neutral. You've got to put life in neutral. Completely calm your heart, then wait upon the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here listening for your voice. Now, I've never heard audible voice of God. I would not pretend to tell you that. But I've had him touch my heart so many times very clearly. I knew exactly what he was telling me. And when God speaks to you, you have got to hit neutral and slow down so that when God speaks to you, you're in position for it. You're in position for it. A lot of times we're just running to, so fast in life. Most people are way too fast to hear a word from the Lord. They're running wide open. they got too much in their counter. A word from the Lord can come to your life about direction and about correction if you'll allow it. But the big difference in, in that is a lot of people, they get... They go through rituals of religion and not a relationship with God. Without a relationship with God, you can't hear from God. And the best way to hear from God is to be able to pray to God, position yourself for it, begin to pray and cry out to God, and then fast and pray. 
He said, I don't know about that fasting thing. I ain't missed a meal in a while. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We've somehow thinking that we can't get to the bread of life, Jesus. See, when you're eating all the time, you get sleepy. At night when I eat dinner and I get in my recliner, <laughs> how many of you do that after you eat at night? I do that. I am snoring and I'm about to swallow my tongue because food makes you sleepy, right? If you've got a serious situation going on in your life, I think we can all, unless you, as long as you physically can with your health, you can afford to push away from a meal or two or three or a couple days. Maybe it's a week. I've been there, done that, got the trophy. But if it's serious to you, don't you think it's serious to God? 1 Peter 5 and 7 tells us to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. So you hit neutral. Something else you do, you seek divine direction. Ask the Lord to reveal his divine direction to you. Now, what people do, they'll read Psalm 37, 4 and they say, take the light in the Lord and he will give you heart, give you your heart's desires. What people misconstrued that on and they think that's my desire. People distort this verse with their own fleshly desires of whatever they think that they want to do. And God always comes to you through sanctified, set apart for his, his glory and his honor in that desire. Your desires are to be set apart for him. It says in Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, through the Holy Spirit, God puts in your heart the desire to do his will. And you're going to have to be patient in that process. But if you're not careful, who else is trying to give you desires? Satan's trying to give you desire. And also your own flesh is trying to give you desire. And understand that time is always a test when it comes to these things. Understand that if you wait upon the Lord and you be patient during that time, that Satan's desires or your own fleshly desires will continue to get weaker. But when you're truly seeking the Lord and fasting and praying and seeking divine desire, then the Holy Spirit will prompt you and those right desires, those divine desires will get stronger and stronger but then not only have you hit neutral and seeking divine desire you've got to scripturally screen anything that you're talking about doing anything that's coming on in your life you've got to scripturally screen it in all those desires you search the scriptures and it ensures you that you're, what you are desiring is biblical case in point Man, I've never witnessed so many marriages through COVID uh, with my friends and pastor friends across the country being hit so much stress and I've never witnessed being, people being deceived and, and they're saying, well, you know, I met them and it, they're better for me than my own current uh, spouse is and it, it's okay to do that and, you know, and I think God wants me to be happy. Where did you read that at? That's from the devil. That's Satan's desires, your own fleshly desire to do something that's not of God. And I could go on with other examples in these kind of things. You have got to take whatever your desires is and you screen them through the word of God of all desires. And anytime you try to, listen to me, anytime you try to go against the word of God, then the devil speaks and the question is, who are you going to listen to? Him or the devil? But not only that, you need a sure sign of what you're doing. You say, what do you mean? Well, after you pray and you seek God, you, you seek God. It's just like Elijah. Elijah prayed seven times, wanting it to rain, because it rained three years. And finally, there was a, a cloud the size of a hand. He kept telling the servant to go look, to go look, to go look. 
Gideon wanted to do right by what he was going to do for God. And he said, he basically apologized to God and said, God, I don't mean to ask you, but can you give me another sign on this fleece? It dewed on it on the fleece one time and it didn't around it. Then it dewed around it and not on the fleece. He wanted to be sure and he wanted a sure sign of what he was doing. To be able to know that he was doing what he was doing was of God. Nothing wrong with asking God for a sign. A friend of mine years ago, his church had asked him to be a deacon. So one Sunday afternoon, he's driving around in his Jeep and he's just driving. He just kind of got lost driving, had plenty of gas. And he happened to turn down this particular road and he turned down this road and he seen an old country church there and they had a sign marquee out front. And this is what it said. If you're looking for a sign, this is it. <laughs> and he knew right then that that's what he was supposed to do. And he's been one ever since. God has given me all kinds of signs through my life. Some are small and some are really big to knock me in the head so I know it's there. But not only do you just slow down, you hit neutral, you just begin seeking that divine design. You're, 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 making, you're running everything through Scripture. You're asking God for a sign for a situation, but this is what it has to be. and It has to be God's timing. Man, is our time different than God's time. Wouldn't you agree with that? It is so sad that people want to run ahead of God. And I know God's timing. His timing is different than our timing. And we are so impatient. Sometimes when we're seeking him and wanting a word from him about our particular situation, sometimes it's yes. Sometimes it's no. But I think a lot of time because of our impatient the way we're impatient as human beings, it's wait. And that third one eats us up in our lives. It's all about understanding and waiting. I remember vividly the summer of 1997, and God began to touch my heart about preaching the gospel. And I, I got to the point, I just almost felt like I was lost. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't have salvation in my heart. And I wrestled with God for three months. Three months long months of just feeling that emptiness and thought, God, I was crying out to God like never before. But I remember specifically on, uh, and, and, and I think it was the first August of, uh, first Sunday of August of 1997, I went forward to the church and I went up to pray. And when I went up to pray, God would not let me sit down. And I turned around and I looked at the church. I said, God has called me to preach the gospel. And a lot of the older saints there said, we already knew it, pastor. We already knew it. You know, they, just, they already knew it. And I ain't never turned to look back since. And because of this journey, it hadn't been easy. But I've sure been blessed with people like you. They're trying to run the race in life and try to be victorious in Jesus. So it doesn't matter if it's preaching the gospel that you're seeking and, and you're wanting to know from God or you're looking for the right spouse or you're thinking about starting a business post-COVID and wondering will it take off or you're thinking about even going back to school and trying to get a degree. Faith in God will always include faith in his timing. There's a difference in faith in God and faith of God. You say, well, what do you mean? A lot of people say, well, pastor, I, I don't understand. What do you mean faith of God? It's when you receive something spoken to your heart, that's when the rhema, that is that spoken word, comes alive because God imparts 
his faith to your life. And then when he imparts that, that's when you have the opportunity to look out for miracles to come. When God speaks to your heart, here's what I know about God. He can do more in one second than you and I could do in a lifetime. But let me tell you what God's ultimate goal is. It's all said and done. Healing of the body, even though it's made in the image of God, healing of the body is not God's ultimate goal. This is just not. And so many people get mixed up about those things. And Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Three times he prayed and God didn't heal him. The healing of the soul is God's ultimate goal. And when God deals with you, he always deals through the healing of your soul. He cares about your health. He cares about your relationships. He cares about your family. He cares about your career. He cares about your future. But if your soul isn't right with God, there's no amount of prayer and fasting that it will bring a rhema word of God to you if it's not for you because you're not right with where you need to be with God. Maybe it's time you confess your sins to God when you have messed up and say, God, I'm sorry. Maybe it's time you confess your sins to God because you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and ask him to come into your life and give you eternal life and, and be able to have what Jesus did for you and me on the cross. Then, after you're right in your soul, then you begin to seek God like never before through the Holy Spirit's power and his inspiration to be able to seek what God has for you. And then you wait upon him. Redemption of the soul will always be God's ultimate goal. So when you have divine desire and man, you're looking for an answer from above, always focus through the lens of the ultimate goal of redeeming souls. Always know that no matter what you're going through and you haven't got the answer yet, God's grace is sufficient. God's timing is perfect. One day, we're going to face God. And we get so caught up in this stuff here, don't we? I know I do. We get so caught up in what's going on in this life. And what's most important is one day we're going to leave this world. As you're a Christian, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And one day we're going to leave and we're going to get to go to a place called heaven. We're going to get to go to a place that has no sin. It's sin-free. It's pain-free. It's cancer-free. It's AIDS-free. It's COVID-free. It's a place where there'll be no tears and you can have joy and purpose and peace for eternity, uh, which is a world without end. It gets no better than that. So many times you just need to look beyond the fray of this life and say, God, what's the word for me today? I'm going to wait on you in your perfect time and I'm going to seek you with every bit that I have got. I just need to slow down because I just don't want the regular word of God. I just don't want the written word of God. I want a specific word of God for my life, specifically right now for my specific life, my specific situation in your specific time. And, and I'm telling you, miracles will come in your life. That's what God wants to do. Would you stand with me and pray? 
Father, we love you so much and we praise you so much and we can't thank you enough, God, for what you're doing, God, today. God, I thank you for everyone that's watching online right now. God, bless them wherever they're at. Bless every family, every person in this beautiful auditorium, God, today. I pray, God, for the very storms that they're going through right now, God, whether it's pain in their body or they've lost a job or they've been served divorce papers or a loved one's got cancer or they are just dealing with some kind of situation that they don't even want to tell anybody. You know, God, when they're lonely and they're broken and they're hurting and they're feeling hopeless, God, I pray for them right now, God, that you would bless them in this moment. Let me ask you as we continue praying right now, and I want to ask you this question. How many of you would lift your hand and say, I need a word, a specific word to me specifically for this specific situation in a God-specific time, and I need that. Would you lift your hand real high across the auditorium? God bless you. I want to challenge you right now. We're going to worship, and as we worship, I want to ask you to seek God like you've never sought Him before. Don't worry about lunch. I promise you, you'll find some. Don't worry about your kids. I promise you, they're taking good care of them. But right now, wait upon the Lord and begin to seek the Lord like never before and watch what God does in your life, in His will, and in His way. Now, as we continue praying before we worship here, there's no doubt in a crowd of people this size, you know that you need the Lord. You need your soul redeemed. You know you have never really truly asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Maybe He's been in your head, but He's never been in your heart. You've never been born again. That's why you're here, friend. You're not here just to take up space. You're not here to be happy in a feel-good situation that you went to church. You're here because the King of kings and the Lord of lords wants to come into your very soul right now. If that's you right now, I want you to shoot your hand up right now and say, I need to have my sins forgiven by Jesus Christ today. That, I know that's why I'm here. Raise your hand real high. Say, shoot it up real high. Say, oh, God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? Say, I need to do big. I see that hand over. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, I need to know Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. Here's what I want you to do. You feel that conviction in your heart? You don't have to feel it anymore. All you need to do is just pray to him right now. I'll help you pray, but it's your prayer that does it. Just tell him, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jesus. I don't want to live my life for me anymore. I want to live my life for you. Tell him, say, I love you, and I know you love me. You died for me. Tell him that. Thank you for dying for me, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, everything I've done wrong. Please forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart. Save me. My life's yours now. It's no longer my own. If that just happened in your soul, let me tell you what happens. Peace. Do you feel that peace just sweep through your body, sweep through your life? That joy? Right now, you can just say, no, right now, I know I'm going to heaven now, see? Thank him right now. Thank the Lord for it right now. He's going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit to guide your life from this point forward. And I want to know about it. I want to ask you, please, if you just gave your life to me, I want to meet you in the Connection Center right after this service because I want to give you a hug if that's okay and say, God bless you. And God's going to do amazing things. You have yet to be seen what God's going to do with your life when he's with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. As we worship your holy name and seek your face, I pray for a spoken word for everybody that lifted their hand. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship, church. 
Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.